0: Awesome uh, awesome we are back with another, another episode. I am Joe. I have a wonderful guest for this time. Uh, thank you guys for coming in for this episode. Make sure to also support the other podcasts on this network. That is SUSEO Boy, Susio Sports, uh, CDB Podcast, Shogun Soccer Sit Down, the Draylax Podcast, and the CDB Podcast. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Those of y'all that are going to see this on YouTube will notice that I am joined by a guest. And then those of y'all that are listening to this will also, uh, well, clearly you're being told that. Uh, I'm Dre. And uh, Rodney, go ahead and tell the people about who you are and kind of what you got going on.
1: Yo, what's going on everybody? My name is Rodney Hunter. I'm from Middletown, Ohio uh, by way of Hamilton. Currently been here for Approximately 12 years. Uh, I'm a, an entrepreneur. I own you know numerous businesses. Um, work with the youth and do uh, a lot of other things as well. Um, but uh, I, I love you know talking and helping people. Um, and I love just you know chasing dreams, man. I always say we chase dreams; they don't chase us.
0: I <laughs> honestly, I love that. That that's fire. We chase yes, dreams; they chase us. That. Ooh, I'm 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 not gonna lie. I might have to I might have to like momentarily borrow that, but I'll give you credit. <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. So, a uh, little bit of background for everybody listening. Um, this is this is why life is great because I uh, got to meet. Um, I got to get in contact with Rodney because of uh Aaron, also known as Ahun, that everybody uh, uh is aware of, and. You Know he knows what Rodney's about and what Rodney has going on, and um, he obviously knows me and what I'm all about, and so he was just like, Yo, y'all two should connect. And this is, and like, once I heard a little bit of Bruce background about what all uh you have going on, I was like, Yeah, let's let's get him on here. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate so, it. So your background is uh mostly in basketball, correct? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I'll think. I'll say that. Um, Let me rephrase. My background is is overcoming obstacles, uh, which has led me to love basketball. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, So speaking of overcoming obstacles, what's like the hardest thing you'd say you've had to overcome?
1: Uh, Hardest? Um, Honestly, man, I've been through... Just like everybody else, man, I, for starters, I'm not going to sit here and, and make it like my life was extremely hard. Yes, I've been through a lot of traumatic things, uh, which a lot of people have in their own you know, way. Um, but the hardest thing for me um, was probably not becoming a product of my environment. OK. Um, and learning how to differentiate, you know, uh, this fantasy life that I saw. Some accomplished, and and when I say that, um, there was a lot of drug dealers around me, um, and that were that was easy for that to be my influence. And then there was a side of I don't want that for me. Okay, so just navigating through that, and then obviously you know there's always obstacles as you you, you grow. There are new obstacles every level you get to, every business you start, and you know blah blah blah.
0: It's, it's, yeah it's always a let's see what's, what's the phrase I've always heard um adapt and overcome that's that's always been what it is in life it's adapt and overcome um indeed, indeed. and if you can't do that well you're gonna have some problems you're gonna have some difficulties and some struggles um and then uh so with <laughs> basketball like what got you into basketball in the first place well i'm I'm from
1: Uh, A small town called Middletown, Ohio. Um, One of the, I think he's top fifty greatest of all time, Jerry Lucas. Um, Mm -hmm. He went to my in the NBA. He he went to my high school. uh, Chris Carter. I don't know if you heard of him. He played for the Minnesota. Yes, sir. Um, He went to my high school, um, and then you know um, some recent people who've gone on and do some amazing things. So sports is. You know, we're a small town, but we have a lot of talent that comes from our our town, right? So naturally, you know, um, sports was a part of my community in the urban community. That's that's what you're told you do. You you hoop, you play football, those two things, and you know, you you try and make it out, so to speak, right? <laughs> so I think it was more of a culture thing uh, for for me. It was just a natural uh, thing that helps me gravitate towards it now what made me stick to basketball so i played football at first for about six years played for about six years and then you know i started sprinkling in basketball going to the parks and blah 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 and um my grandparents actually built a basketball court for me behind their home um and i was always at my grandparents house because my mother had me at 14 years old so um we, we, you know, my grandparents raised me a, a lot or helped a whole lot, right? So I was kind of like their baby. Um, so they they built this this court for me in my backyard. And, you know, from there, I just always played. And, you know, things kind of happened from there. And basketball's always been there for me through every obstacle too, so.
0: I like it. So it's giving you that like sense of like consistency, so to speak. Uh, yeah, definitely consistency
1: that I did not experience as a child.
0: Okay. Uh, so would you say, uh, and you can go as like in depth of this as you want to, but would you say like your, your, um, childhood is what gave you like kind of, um, the drive that you have to reach like the youth and stuff?
1: I think the childhood of everybody, you know, gives them that, right. We all go through something. We all, whether it's good, bad, you know, whatever that scenario is, whatever it is you're going through. You know, that's that's what's going to help mold you as a a person. Right. And then what you do with that, you know, as you get older, it's totally up to you. Um, But um, my childhood, you know, between the the drugs, the violence, the the seeing people get shot and stuff in front of me at age eight and all kind of stuff. um, You know, a a bunch of different things happen, you know, along my life um, that, you know. A lot of people kind of go crazy if they see uh Mm -hmm. i would imagine um but those things definitely did mold me um because you know between that and some other things as i said you know they definitely molded my mindset um and my hunger my my aggression my determination my grit um i'm actually been working all morning you know uh i'm at one of my my businesses right now um but, yeah, man, my childhood definitely, definitely molded me.
0: Okay. I And I get that because, like, um, I've been coaching lacrosse for – this is year 11 now. And then um, I, I've coached basketball. I did basketball for about a year or so, like youth level. And then um, I coached football. And then I've coached um, wrestling. I coached wrestling for four years. So, like, for me in – High school, you know, I grew up kind of like in like a rough and tough little area. And um, going into my like senior year at 17, I didn't apply for colleges because, not because of like bad grades or anything, but I just knew that I wasn't like going to be mature enough to be in college. Like I wasn't going to be ready. Like if I went, I was going to immediately flounder and fail. And And I knew that and I was honest with myself. And, but unfortunately where I was at, nobody was trying to hire you for a job unless you were 18. And when I graduated, I still had like six to seven months from being 18. Um, And so it was like, do I want to stay here and get in more trouble? Probably end up being a drug dealer or any of that other stuff. Or do I want to take a chance and like better myself? So I went and joined the Air Force, uh, did all that and to keep myself occupied, I got into coaching. But the coaches that I had in high school they impacted me so much that they are the reasons I coach now because I take what they taught me and I try to give that back because I can't repay somebody for the time they invested. But what I can do is make a difference in the lives of someone else. Yes. So I definitely understand your childhood and uh, your upbringing impacting everything. I, I totally get that. Yes. Um, so let's see. Another question I have for you. Um, so as like a uh, when, when it relates to just like basketball, what was your most challenging moment as an athlete playing the sport?
1: Um, for starters, thank you for your services. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, my most challenging thing as a basketball player, if I'm being honest with you, I've always been a very skilled basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my most challenging thing is, is um, life in general. Um, you know, when I was in high school, uh, I was I was a pretty good ball player, I guess, you know. Um and um, you know, not to go in too deep, but I was hanging out on my street, not doing not doing anything negative, but I mean it's it's my street, right? So I'm mm-hmm. out I'm outside and um I won't say this is the toughest, but this is the first thing that kind of pops up in my mind. Yeah. Um but I was hanging out on the corner with, you know, some friends and a fight breaks out uh, between these two gentlemen. And, you know, I'm watching, you know, whatever, you know, how it is. You're entertained by it for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Someone when the fight stops, a car pulls up and a guy gets out of the car and starts shooting at the guy right next to me and so on and so forth. Um, And I seen what happened. I knew what happened. And the next day I had a big game and I was the star point guard, I guess you would. And I haven't focused on that game while keeping my mouth shut,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, um, and in another time, you know, uh, I live in between two two gangs, so to speak. So one house on my left, one house on my right or whatever they were. And, um, you know, things happen and someone got their mouth put on the curb and, you know, I was in my window looking and they got their head stomped and I'm having to go to play basketball and keep my mind. Right, right, so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I would say a lot of life for me, uh, I mean, a lot of life for me happened. Seeing people get killed and all those kind of things, you know, and it's not a traumatic thing for me because, you know, I utilize those things actually to propel me forward. but at that time, I, I say tough is because it wasn't hard for me. You know, it was kind of mm-hmm. life and you just shut your mouth and move on. You know, you know that kind of deal didn't bother me physically or anything. But I think the challenging part was how do I not get into this lifestyle that is bestowed upon me, um, and 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 not you know how how do i avoid this yeah right because it was literally in my home and all around me how do i avoid this and stay focused so i think that was my hardest part for me was overcoming my surroundings
0: was carrying like the happenings of the environment around you and like you know not succumbing to it cuz like uh like what year were you, what year were you born in 88 okay and so because like in our society mental health really only started getting talked about I'd say like right around the time of like COVID and stuff because that's when kind of like the focus became on it and people were like oh wow this this stuff actually matters like we need to we need to focus on this stuff more and so like you know and then like you know both of us and like we know, we know that like it hasn't always been talked about like in the in the black community as well and so Um, you know, not having like those kind of like resources available or, and not being in a society where like it is acknowledged or it is talked about, like how, um, how did you, how do you, how do you feel or how did you feel like having to cope with all that? Like, like, were you able to, did you talk to anyone about it or did you just kind of keep it all like Like, while I was a kid or you mean now both? as a kid quite honestly it was
1: normal that was life for me there was that that was normal i didn't need to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. um you know now i mean as i got a little older i started writing music and then i i reflect on life sometimes you know i try not to get hung up on things too much right Mm -hmm. but i've written songs and you know i've wrote over and recorded over a thousand songs and um i think that's actually how i originally met aaron uh possibly um but um anywho um yeah I I just write music on occasion whenever I just need a brain dump quite honestly man I'm I I cope with stuff because I'm afraid of failure I'm afraid of going back to how I used to live and not because of the violence not I, I that was normal that's life quite honestly it might sound weird it doesn't affect me at all um if I'm if I'm being real with you I've never been in a situation where it depressed me I've never been by the grace of God, I've never been in a situation where I felt like it slowed me down. Mm-hmm. I've always been able to turn things into a negative. I mean, uh, from a negative into a positive, mm-hmm. uh, and utilize it as fuel. Yeah. So, how do I cope with it? I mean, I, I can't control what has happened, bro. I, I can't control what I just said to you. It's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm only focused on right now, um, and I don't know, if people, if that's the right way or not, but. You know, I I just move on, bro.
0: <laughs> hey, listen, listen. There, there. I feel like there's really not so much a right and wrong way to like handle things. It's kind of just like, hey, this is how I handle it. Now, whether it's the best way for me, who's to say? No one can say that for me. Only I can say that for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you're making it work for you. And and you know, and I listen. I I very much commend you for. Your, not being affected by that. I mean, and growing up, I mean, I grew up in, like, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of shit. I've seen, I've lived in some, some not too great neighborhoods, I lived in Riverdale, Maryland, Temple Hills, and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, had you probably had seen more than me. Oh, I've seen some. stuff. So dude and uh, dude in uh, the apartment above us, he got, we straight up got murdered up in the apartment above us. And then the news reporters and stuff were trying to come around and talk to people. They were like, Hey, we'll, we'll blur out your face and identity. And me as a kid, I was like, no, I'm not saying a thing. I'm still yeah, it was just, you know, it's in and in a way, so to speak, like I mean, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound bad, but like I I'm not affected by the violence and stuff that I experienced growing up. It's one of those things. It's one of those things where like I can talk about it to folks without being affected by it. And like it's definitely crazy when I talk about it, but like it's like you said, it that was life. That was that was the neighborhood you you can't control what happens to you. You can only control your response to it. Absolutely. I mean, I
1: mean, a lot of us have seen things. I mean, it ain't got to be violence. I mean, we see a homeless person on the street. Does that make yeah. us go crazy? We we see a, an unfortunate car wreck. Does that make you go crazy? Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um. you know, unfortunately, I, and fortunately, I think, so many things that happens to us. Sometimes we get desensitized to, to
0: life. <laughs> to it all. We just kind of were like, well, <laughs> we're like, I, I remember, um, uh, so I don't know if this is true for you, but like my, my family, we don't really, we, we, we do certain emotions, but we don't really do emotions like that. Like we're not the whole like sitcom kind of family. Like we're not, that's not us. Oh, wow. Um, it's comical.
1: I love my family. <laughs> See, yeah, we're
0: goofy. We're we made jokes. Like, um we get we can express like we can express being angry, but we can't explain like why about it. And we don't really let the the bad stuff that happens like get us down. We're just kind of like, okay, this is what but, it is. Let's let's keep going.
1: Make no mistake, make no mistake. My family is awesome. My family and my community, Middletown, mm-hmm. Ohio. I mean, I love the community I'm here in as well, Hamilton, but I'm speaking of where I'm from right now. My my community, Middletown, Ohio, is a, a small, close-knit community. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody, so to speak. Um you know, uh, we can walk across the street or next door and ask for sugar. All the <laughs> all all the people who 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 I said were doing all these different things, I love them all. I still do. Um, I knew them all. Um, I wouldn't change nothing, nothing at all. Like not one single thing at all. We had a great community and my community is still great, man. Everybody's at the football game. Everybody's at the basketball game. There's the stupid things that go on, but that's going to happen everywhere. Right. Um, so I don't want to get caught up on and make this about a bad upbringing because I certainly didn't have a bad upbringing. I just, I just fortunately, went through some things and I say, fortunately on purpose. Right. So, um, you know, cause it made me who I am today. So yeah, man. I, I like
0: uh, this. I like the, the sort of, uh, I, I've always loved calling it this. I, lo- I love the, the bulletproof resolve that you have like referring to it as a bulletproof resolve because it's like, Hey man, I went through I went through shit, but that don't define me. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna make something out of myself. I, it do define me though. Love, it I define me, that.
1: right? You mm-hmm. know, what I
0: mean? you know, people say it don't define me. It do define
1: me. It, okay. It, it didn't. It defines me because, right? If you think about who Rodney Hunter is right now, and and all that, I own five companies, right? And I wouldn't own not a single one had I not went through everything I went through, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? So it defines who I am now because that, that gave me that grit. It made me relentless. It made me want more. It made me strive for other things. Quite frankly, sometimes when I'm tired, like today, I only slept for <laughs> hours or so, right? Sometimes when I'm tired, I think there's some kid in my hood who eventually is going to Realize that I'm from where they're from and they're gonna say I want what he has. Right. And if I don't get my butt up and go get it, then they're gonna go not gonna get up and go get it. You understand what I'm saying?
0: So- I like that because that's exactly how I am as a as a coach. Like there are days where like you know, cause I, I'm a personal trainer and then I coach lacrosse and stuff. And so there are days where like I sometimes I just don't want to go to practice or I don't like tomorrow we got four games and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, four games. And before that, I've got to go train at my job. And then after that, I've got three different um, interviews that I got to do. And I'm like, oh, so, like looking on my calendar, I'm like, oh, But then I'm also like, you know what? That's not the mindset to have because I, I always show up whenever I'm going to show up because it's like, you, this could be the day that you change someone's life. And someone that was in the same position you were in when you were their age might be needing just the amount of encouragement that you're gonna bring. Might be needing just the amount of coaching you're gonna bring. You're gonna change someone's life today. Get your butt up, go to where you need to go, do the things you need to do. This is life. Let's go, let's go, let's go grab it by the horns and all that.
1: Yes, sir. Yes sir. I agree.
0: Um circling back to what you said about fear of failure. Um the reality is you know we all fail at something or we all have a momentary setback. How do you handle your moments of failure, uh, contrasted with how you handle success?
1: More action. Okay. So if I'm failing at something, I get more action. If I'm winning at something, I get more action. (laughs) Period. (laughs) More emotion. I like it. If I'm failing failing at something, I'm going to get my butt up earlier. I'm going to stay up later. I'm going to lose less sleep. I'm going to lose more sleep. When I get to number one, I'm going to grind even harder because that means everybody else behind me is trying to catch me.
0: I like it. So um, when when it comes to the aspect of life, who would you say your biggest competition is? Um, My biggest competition
1: is myself. I mean, your your biggest competition is yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Um, yeah. because what, what God has for me has nothing to do with you, and what God has for you has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But you got to get your butt up every single day to go chase what God gave has for you. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. you who has to wake you up. Your competition is not your alarm clock. Your competition aren't the one who's telling you, I don't want to go to my practice. It's you who's saying, I don't want to go to my practice today, not talking about you. Mm-hmm. But it's you who, who's saying, I don't want to go to my practice today. It's you who's saying... I get to go to my practice today. You understand what I'm saying? It's you who said, I get to interview three people today. It's you who said, I get to change people's lives today. Or I got to go to work or I get to go to work. It's you who Mm -hmm. have to have that certain mindset. So, you know, it's always going to be your, your, your biggest critic, your, your biggest competition is always you. Mm -hmm. It's always you. You what I'm saying? Yeah. True. Once
0: I switched my mindset from saying, uh, shout out to shout also shout out to therapy at this point, shout out to therapy. Cause I have a, I have a great therapist, but, uh, you know, um, and through that, um, I was able to kind of like really start shifting my mindset of instead of, I have to, it's, I get to, or yep. I'm fortunate to like, you know, uh, anytime and you know, everything in life is 80, 20, nothing's perfect. You, you, you're, it's 80 20 no matter where you go. You're going to find the good, or you're going to find bad, uh, whatever. It is what you make of it. Um, it's, it's, it is what you invest in it. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And I'm a, I'm an all in person. I'm an all or nothing person. I'm either going all in or I'm not. That's just, that's how I, that's how I get down. That's just how I move. Um, uh, so for you, um, when it came to, Once you started working uh, for yourself and once you started, um, well, first off, how did you even decide you were going to own five companies? Like how did you, how did did that happen?
1: When I was was 15 years old and I went in my home one summer and um, I went to my fridge to get some food. I come from playing ball and Mm -hmm. along with a lot of, of things, but the moment that really hit me was this moment. Uh, Because everything just kept happening, kept happening. But I went to open my fridge, thirsty, hungry, and our light shut off. And our utilities cut off. um, Right before I got a chance to do so. So I can't cook. The utilities are off. Uh, I, I, you know, really can't see. It's dark, right? Mm -hmm. I remember, enraged, just kind of put my back against the refrigerator, just sliding down to the floor, just really frustrated um, and uh, fed up. Um, and I remember telling myself um, that I was going to make a difference for myself I also <laughs> I have never really told this story man and, and I wish I can see this lady you know part of me wants to apologize but a part of me don't um, because I try to respect you know everyone especially people who are older than me but I have a, a best friend of mine who I was always across the street at his home and shout out to his mother and family they always accepted me into their home mm-hmm. and I got a chance to see what a different type of family was like. Cause I always got to see what family was like, right? Cause my family, I love my family, but I got a chance to also see what their family was like. They were very close knit, always doing things together. Their family would always come over and they would always allow me to play cards with them and spades and monopoly stuff like that. Um, But spades was one particular time we were playing and my, my, we talked trash. Right. You know, we, we, we talk everyone does it. that's the you nature know, of spades I'm, I'm, I'm the red headed black kid in the hood the only one right <laughs> so you know uh, it's not too many of me around so people had jokes you know and um, you either sink or swim or you cry or do something about it so I got good at telling jokes um, but after a while I don't like to tell jokes it's like to shut up <laughs> you know what I mean so even, we're playing space and um, you know his aunt, I remember very vividly, um, she worked at Coles, I believe it was, and she was approximately my age that I am now, and I was approximately 14, 15 years old, and I remember telling her because we were bickering, and she just would not be quiet, and at this point, for whatever reason, I didn't want to choke. Um, and I remember telling her, man, be quiet. That's why you work here. When I get your age, I'm going to own companies and blah, blah, blah. Like you, you sitting here arguing with a 14-year-old and you doing this. I shouldn't have went that far. But moral of the story is I remember at a young age that I was going to be here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I was going to do this because keep, keep in mind, everyone around me, Minus the house that I'm in, because I, I, his, his, his fa- no, I think his father passed away and, you know, whatever happened there. So they kind of like came into money. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how, you know, that's neither here nor there. But everyone else around me is broke. <laughs> uh, everyone else around me don't have money. Um, I don't recall going on any vacations with my mother. Uh, financially, we just couldn't afford it. Again, my mom had me at 14. She's trying to figure out life. We're always on Section 8, government assistance, food stamps. Every government assistance that there was, we were on it, right? Um, so another scenario, I, I told this story actually on my podcast, uh, Relentless with Rodney, uh, that The lady who lived right next door to them. So these two homes are here and I live across the street. So if I'm on my porch, my best friend's house is right here. My mom's best friend's house is right here, right? So my mom's best friend's mother was like a grandmother to me, right? If if I'm painting that picture correctly. Mm -hmm. And I love her still to this day. She's awesome, right? But I go over her house one day and I go chill. I'm sitting on the porch. I'm talking to her. And I had this one friend who lived across town like um, the good side of town right (laughs) the Uh, nice side his father was a harlem globetrotter so they they had oh yeah yeah so they when i say we had a lot of talent around us a lot of talent right so his father was a harlem globetrotter done very well um and he had a hummer a big hummer So he rolls down the street in this Hummer and I was sitting next to that lady that I was just telling you about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. oh, that's dope. When I get older, I'm getting me one of those. (laughs) And she looked at me and she like, man, I hate to tell you this, baby, but you ain't gonna never be able to afford one of those. (laughs) And then she proceeded to tell me essentially I was gonna end up in prison like all my family. I was gonna sell drugs like my family. And just quite frankly, I was just gonna be broke like everybody, right? Mm -hmm and that's not her fault she she you can't see something that you've never seen before right everyone Mm -hmm. doesn't have vision to see that far so i remember you know her telling me that and fast forward 10 years kind of off subject here but to finish that story fast forward roughly 10 years or so i started a production company and um long story short, I guess she heard about it. I had moved away at this point. I've been gone for years. I hadn't seen her in years, Mm -hmm. but I guess my name was starting to ring where I was from, (laughs) starting from the things that I was starting to do. And her and her husband after 30 years or her and her boyfriend after 30 years getting married and they needed a video company and a photography company. And somehow, some way they just kept getting referred to me. So they end up booking me, she told me I was never going to be able to own a company. Now she has to pay for my company. So I filmed that, and afterwards we rode together in the stretch hummer. And she told me I would never be able to afford a hummer, I'll never own my own business. So, you know, I said all that to say this I knew at a younger age that I wanted to be my own boss. And quite frankly, I dropped out of college after my first semester because my thought process was. My teacher works for somebody else. How are they going to teach me to be my own boss? You know, but I say it, like I said, I said all that to say this. Never allow someone or your circumstances to tell you who you are. If you don't know who you are, everyone else around you is going to tell you who you are. And then you'll believe it because you don't know who you are. I know that I'm a multimillionaire. I know that I'm a, a business owner. I knew these things when I was a young boy. Money isn't everything. This is not about money, but what I'm getting at is I know who I am, and I spoke that, and I grind every single day because this is who I say I am. Not what somebody else tells me. So, you know, I hope that answers your question. No, no it it,
0: it really does. It really it more than answers my question. Um, so, with talking about you know the people who told you like no or that you can't do something is there any kind of like resentment or like bitterness for like towards them like 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 is it kind of like of like a hey you didn't believe in me (laughs) nah
1: not at all um life's too short that's that's silly thinking uh, that's 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 backwards thinking. I'm I'm worried, not worried. I'm focused on where I'm going, not what I've been through. Right? I focus mm-hmm. on where I'm going to, not what I've been through or what I'm going through. Um, you know, so I owe no resentment towards that um, or anyone else for that matter. But I do want to make people eat their words. <laughs> I like that. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. Um, it motivates me, mm-hmm. and. I won't do it in a braggadocious way or 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 at least I don't try to or arrogant way by any means. But I've been told no a lot. I mean, I've been told no a lot. Um I mean a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just it motivates the hell out of me. So if anything, I'm thankful for them. I'm not, I don't hold any resentment. I like it.
0: I like I like that because like you know I I mean I've been in a similar spot where you know it's I I'd say for me and I don't know if you go through this but for me myself personally the biggest thing that I have to kind of deal with is like this like like imposter syndrome type type deal cuz like like uh a few months back when the uh Premier Lacrosse League was in town um I was real back and forth hesitant about applying for like Press passes because I was like, Okay, well, I was like, my podcast hasn't been going that long. We're only like at that point in time, we were only like ten episodes in. And I was mm-hmm. like, it, I was like, they like I was like, they're probably looking for bigger named people. And um Aaron and our friend Sloan and our friend Keys and Jermaine were like, What do you have to lose? The worst they can tell you is no, and Keys was like, and a no is not a no forever. It is a no not, not right, right now. now. And he's like, and ask them if they say no for any reason. He's like, ask them what you can do to get that no to be a yes. And I was like, you know what? Let's shoot my shot. And I applied for it. And then like two or three days before the games were supposed to start, um, they like approved me for press credentials. And me, me being me and planning, planning to find a way to win regardless, I bought tickets already because I was like, look, if I'm not on the sideline, I'm going to be in the stands doing what I'd be doing on the sideline. And, uh, they approved me. And so I was like, oh, oh, this is cool. I was literally like, yo, I got approved. I was so happy. And, um, I had already, I had two tickets though. So I like was able to give my father-in-law and my little brother-in-law the tickets. So they were able to go to the game while I'm on the field and I'm in there now, mind you, I'm, 28 years old I really have only been doing this podcasting stuff for barely even a year probably like only like 7 months 8 months and um and I'm in I'm living my dream. I'm sitting here at at a post game conference talking to these lacrosse players and coaches that I see on TV. And honestly sometimes it's hard to not feel like wow, this is all happening real fast like like am I the most like deserving person for this to happen to like (laughs) that kind of stuff and uh one of our friends uh her name is mika she told me she's like if you didn't she's like i I always see i have a fear a fear of failure too and i was like well what if i'm not good at the stuff that i'm doing and she's like i have a different way of thinking and i was like what and she's like what if you're great (laughs) she's like what if you're exactly where you need to be and i was like you know what that's so i want i want to i want to Mm -hmm. um be clear on something. Cause it sounds like our,
1: well, at least the way you just explained it, our fear of failure is a little different. I don't fear that I'm going to fail before doing something. I fear of going back to where I was and, and not striving for where I'm trying to get to and, and just stopping. Mm-hmm. I think the complacency or the the contentment of, just want to be where I am and not wanting to progress will make me go back because then I'll start to go back to what I know. And I think that fears me, not the fear of, okay, if I start this business, this might happen, that might happen. I don't have that fear. Okay.
0: See, I got, I got freaking, I got real bad anxiety. So I'm worried about everything all the time. I'm always, but you know, I do what my grandma says. I pray on it that's yes, what i do i pray on it shout out to my shout out to my wonderful grandma my grand wonderful what, what causes what
1: causes that anxiety may i ask
0: um a lot of it is really related to my so uh nine years back just about i had a pretty traumatic car accident this is how we discovered i have epilepsy but i i legit almost died and the and i was supposed to have three other people in the car with me that day and uh, one person literally got called that they didn't have to go to work. Why- right as we were getting in the car, one person left an hour after us, and then one person got told they were just working on base. And our friend that left an hour after me is the one that saw my car. But like, you know, like when you, I, I do not know what was going on, but all I know is I was like it was like my it was like my eyes were open, but I was not awake and. I heard heard a voice tell me it's time to wake up and I wake up in the hospital and the doctor was surprised that I was awake and all that stuff but like dealing with the trauma from that so what, accident what voice, what voice was that just to be clear was that like a oh, person that was there or a god it was definitely god okay <laughs> definitely cuz nobody else was there it was just me like it was crazy i was in I was very much in an in-between space. Like I like there's no other way about it. And I don't really care if anybody that hears it thinks I'm crazy or I'm full of smoke, but like low legit, I was awake, but I could not like my eyes were not physically open. I was just in it was just total darkness. And a voice told and God's voice told me it's time to wake up. And I wake up and it, the doctor walks in and he's like, Oh, he's awake. And he's all catching me up on everything. He's like yeah, he's like the truck slowed down at the right amount at the right time because if it hits you going any faster, we wouldn't be talking. And he's like, "But you know, your left shoulder got knocked out of socket. We put it back in while you were unconscious. You're gonna have a bad concussion for about three weeks, but hey, you're alive, man." And I was like, "I'm sitting in the hospital, like this is a lot at once, but okay." That's amazing, bro. That's an amazing
1: story. That's a great testimony. Uh, quite frankly,
0: it, like every like. You know how they everybody says like perfect execution. Everything that had to go right in that scenario went right. That truck slowed down, went from going 60 to 55. It hit me on the passenger side, not the driver's side. Um my because of the seizure, my muscles were all was all flexed and tense. So my body couldn't contort or anything else worse than it did. The the my friend that left after me is the one that saw my car. He knew all my information. He knew who to tell the paramedics to let know and who to contact. He was able to relay the information. Wow. And 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 they put they put my shoulder and stuff in while I was unconscious. So I didn't have to deal with that horrible experience. Um what, and,
1: was, what was the rehabilitation process like? So
0: were there any other than your shoulder was did you pop out of place any like it uh, well, my, they, what, what we, what they didn't know, despite having done a couple of x-rays, um, was that my coracoid was broken, which is what keeps your shoulder from dislocating when you do any kind of motion like that. Okay. And because that was broken, anytime I did this movement or any kind of this movement, or I'm a stomach sleeper. So anytime I woke up, my shoulders dislocating over the, from, um, uh, the accident was June of 2014, and I didn't get surgery till October of 2014. So between June and October, I had, like, at least 20-plus different dislocations. So I know how to put a shoulder back in. If it, if someone's shoulder ever pops out, I know how to put it back in in a safe way. Wow. <laughs> and wow. I had a lot of physical therapy. And honestly, for me, the hardest part of all that was was the mental process. I very much at a moment where I was feeling like I was kind of acting like how Jonah was when his tree got ate, I was, I was sitting in the bed. I was talking to one of my friends. Cause my, and my, see, this is why I, I look back on it because I'm like, I was, man, I, during that process, I was not always the most grateful person for the fact that I was alive. Cause I was sitting there and my friends came and visited me before and after work to see if I needed anything. One of my, look, look, I didn't have use of my arm So like, Basic hygiene was hard sometimes, and you know I had friends that like weren't like weird about like helping me out with that. Like it was, it was just like they were cool. And and my grandparents lived an hour away, and they drove down and brought me groceries because they knew I couldn't drive to go get them anything. Um, I had coworkers that took me to all my doctors' visits and stuff. So I had I I I would needed to be more grateful than I actually was at that at some moments. And one of my friends. I was so mad i was just like i was like man i was like it's so inconvenient not being in this sling and not being able to to like do xyz or whatever and like he just he threw his game controller down and he's like he's like you're an idiot you know that and i was like what are you talking about he's like he's like you could have been dead he's like we all were goat were like expecting to get told that you were dead and you are alive and all that ha- that happened is that you can't use your left arm. Big freaking deal. You are alive, so you need to stop it. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay. Amazing friends, you got there. Uh, that's see, if you for anyone listening, if you don't have friends that are that are not afraid to check you when you're in the wrong, you need to get new friends. <laughs> because that's I've I've been fortunate to have good friends like that.
1: Now, now, now. Is that friend someone who's been around for since childhood, or someone a uh, friendship you developed? Met him
0: in the air force.
1: <laughs> in the air force,
0: I, I like to. I jokingly call myself a unifier of people because I make friends everywhere I go. <laughs> I, okay. I always, freak, I always laugh and I tell people, I'm like, look, if you don't, if you don't like me, that's cool, because I, I assure you, eventually you will. And <laughs> so far, it's true. <laughs> you know i don't always make friends that first interaction but you know eventually people are like cool because i i mean i do my thing and i'm never malicious with my intentions or anything so like you know you it's kind of hard to hate somebody that doesn't give you a reason to hate them <laughs> you so is is after you know this this
1: this scenario happened with you um is that what got you
0: into personal training and, and training people um, it's more like so I was coaching prior to the accident and like, I was, I was, I, you know, I was eight, I was 19, 18, 19 at the time. And we had, we had just lost our, our state championship game. And I felt so bad. I put, I put that all on myself because I was like, I was like, man, I told those boys we were going to win. I, I told them all this. I let them down. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not, maybe coaching's not for me. I'm I'm done. I'm not going to coach basketball. I'm not coaching lacrosse. I'm not doing any of this. And while I was recovering in my bed, I was like, all, all I really had to look at was my frames of, I had like different frame photos of me with the kids that I coached. And I was like, I can't walk away from this yet. I, I got it. I was like, uh, not even gonna lie, selfishly, I got back into coaching for myself. I had to prove to myself that I could still do this or that I was good enough as a coach. And it ended up being a a lesson because we when i when i got back to coaching we ended up winning the championship that year and then i was like okay i had a really good team maybe i got lucky maybe this is a fluke maybe this is still like on some like maybe i just benefited from having a good team and then i was like let's let's go back one more year and i did it in 2016 was where i grew and was what made me i'd say that's what made me the trainer and the coach that I am today because 2016 did not have the as skilled team as I've had in the past my team started out oh and five <laughs> and I had told them on day one we were going to be in the championship game but I still believe that and I told them that all the time and you know I had Parents giving me nasty emails telling them I was telling me I was filling their boys with false hopes, and I needed to just focus on coaching the game. We hadn't even won a game yet, and I'm talking about championships. And I told one of the parents, I was like, I was like, respectfully, sir, if if I didn't believe that your kids were good enough to be at this at that stage in that juncture, I have no business coaching them. I have no I have no business coaching if I don't believe that you are the best and you are going to be able to. Uh, crush it in all avenues. I have no business coaching you. That is not. That's that. That's just the facts. Uh, but I understand what you're saying, and I'll 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 take your feedback. I respect I, I respect your opinion. And we won our last three games, and then we got a first round bye in the tournament because they split our bracket from 16 teams into eight, and the way that they split it, we went from middle of the bracket to the top. And so we had a first round bye. we won our first game and then we win the championship in triple overtime. Mm -hmm. And I told those boys at the end of the game, I'm like, look guys, I'm like, some of y'all were starting to doubt. It was like, I was like, I was like everybody outside didn't believe in us. But at the end of the day, we all came together and I don't want anyone to ever let you do not let anyone ever tell you guys you are second best just because you're on the B team. Don't ever let anyone tell y'all you were the second best. Cause y'all just proved out there that y'all belong here. And question
1: for you, or
0: as a coach. I mean, congratulations, by the way.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, as a coach, are you more of a yeller? Or are you more of a calm, collected? Like in between? What?
0: I'm definitely in between. I got my moments where I can be a little sanders Sandersy, and I got my moments when I'm a little bit like Richard Shermany. It just depends. It depends on uh, uh, you. You gotta, and I mean, you know this too, but you gotta learn. What your athletes respond to, um, and you know, I'm I'm the hype man. That's me. I get them, I get them hyped. I get them ready to go before the game, and you know, they love it. They get excited. They 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 even now for our lacrosse games, everybody knows when it comes to the pregame. Uh, coach Dre's going last because it's about to be hype. So, <laughs> and so. well, and I and I and I'd say like my biggest thing, like the best thing for me as like a coach is like. I like, and same thing as a trainer. I love seeing somebody like succeed where they once struggled. And um, like a lot of my training clients, a lot of them have lost weight. A lot of them are stronger. And like, they'll like, I love when they, when I, they see me grab a weight or like show them an exercise and they're like, I'm not going to be able to do it. And then they do it. Or like, they're able to move the weight or easier than they thought they were going to. And I'm like, yeah. Or like I had one kid. He, he, uh, when the season started, he wasn't a good shooter. Then he got good at like passing and catching. And then he was starting to shoot. And he just, he would either miss the goal. And, and for a while, he would just miss the goal. And it was just a bad angle he was taking. Told him to fix his angles. And then he was shooting, but goalies were saving it. And I was like, hey, you got to make the goalie move, and then you got to shoot where he came from. And I remember one game, he, he did everything I told him to. He took a good angle. He changed hands. He made the goalie move. He shot. Ball went in. And he was so excited, and I was so excited for him. I felt like a proud dad because I was like – because, like, everybody was happy for him because he scored a goal. But for me, nobody knew. I felt like nobody else but me and him knew – what it took to get to that point. But But that's, that's,
1: that's that's what success is. Right. So Mm -hmm. we all see what, what, um, the outcome is, right. But we don't see the journey. And, and and that's why everyone says everyone wants success until you have to do what it takes. (laughs) But, but I don't know if you realize what you've done for that young man is much bigger than sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in life, you know, what I've encountered, at least there were certain goals. Like I always say, you got to learn to learn to pivot and move on. Um, there's there's things that goals that I've tried to reach. And as I got there, I realized I was taking a, the bad angle mm-hmm. the wrong approach. So mm-hmm. then I had to go back to the drawing board and then try something else. And then I would have a little more success, but it would not be a hit. Then I would try something else, and eventually I would score that basket or score that, mm-hmm. that goal, so to speak. So what you've taught him is much bigger than – than yeah. It's life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So ho- hopefully he takes that and, and, and remembers that scenario because he's going to encounter uh, obstacles in his life. We all do. And hopefully he learns that, okay, I got to take a different angle.
0: And that's and, me as a coach. I care – I tell I tell them all this. I tell I tell all the players, I'm like, I'm like, man, I can give two squirrel farts how great of a, a athlete you go on to be. Two do I want you to reach fart, the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my grand my grandma listens to this podcast. I try not to curse. <laughs> but uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm like, look, I, I I do not give I I do not give an iota how how many goals you can score in your career. I really don't. For me, I care more about who you are off the field. I care more about who people see you as. I care more about, and I tell everybody, I'm like, character counts always. If your character is good, nothing else about you matters because you're going to have good character, which means you're going to make the right choices. You're going to make the right decisions. If your character is bad, all the other accolades people want to give you do not matter. Because Indeed. at the end of the day, your bad traits are going to show up at some point. People can only hide who they are for so long, Indeed. before the real them comes out. And I'm like, if if I make just one of y'all a good person in life, I make you a good husband, a good employee, a good friend, a good person, then cool, I've succeeded, I've done my job. <laughs> but and that's that's just that's just always how I've been. Like I, car- character is what counts, and my um my grandfather who passed this year, that was something he always told me was we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not to get some reward or get something out of it. And he always told me that we help people when we can, uh, because we can. And uh, sorry, (laughs) it's still a little hard talking about him for me as a, my dad was never around. So like, you know, he was basically the only father I ever had. So like it's still his death still hit me pretty hard. But um yeah, I remember one time um I didn't want to go volunteer to um give out stuff to the homeless folks with our with our youth group, 'cause like I just didn't want to do it. I was like, it's cold, I don't want to do it. And he's like he's like he's like, No, we're going. I was like, We and him and my grandma, they had us put our winter coats on and, uh, hold on, hold up. Let's see. Give me one second. Yeah, but they, they put their uh, winter coats on and we went down, downtown Denver and we were out there with the church youth group and out stuff. And it's one of those things where like, they could have easily just told me, no, you're going. And they could have like sent me out there with them, but they went out themselves with me. Yes, sir. To to do it. And that's that's just something that's always stuck with me. So, you know, I try to be I do my best to be a better person than I was the day before. And if if I change one person's life along the way, cool. <laughs> cool. Indeed. Indeed. Um uh last few questions before we wrap up, because I do gotta go train some clients. <laughs> um uh when it comes to um like from a uh, business perspective, um, what would you say is like the why for you or like the end goal?
1: The end goal. I've mm-hmm. always said I want the time and money um, so that I can have the freedom to do whatever it is I want to do with my wife and kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: I don't need all of the riches by any means. Um That's not my my goal in life is to become this ultra mega rich person. That's not my (laughs) goal. Um, I want to be happy. I want to find a place mentally where I'm just able to enjoy my family um, and do whatever it is I want to do when I want to do it and help people while doing it. Um, You know, um, that 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 drives me. Right. Right now, if I was to stop doing what I'm doing, I might end up having to go back to a day job. And I just don't think that for me is a happy place. I've had a million jobs, it feels like. And it just it never, never made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to be happy, man, uh, be able to support my family, um, be able to retire um, at some point by the time I'm 45 um, is my goal. Um and not have to like work a job anymore, work live living life on
0: my own terms. I respect that. I like that. Um, and then, uh, so as someone that works with younger athletes, uh, what would you, what do you feel is the best way to teach and help guide the youth of today, especially with how different growing up is now compared to when we were both were younger.
1: Um. I can't speak about, you know, how things were when, you know, growing up for, you know, everyone, because my client base, my people who gravitate towards me, thankfully, um, I don't want to say client base. I don't like making people feel like they're less than, you know, loved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. The people you guys serve. There we yeah, go. the people I serve and the people i work for and let's put it that way Because make no mistake our clients we work for them right Mm -hmm. um they all come from different walks of life and i've had people from our radius drive to me consistently and you know i have over 20 aau teams i have i've trained hundreds and hundreds of kids and i've trained thousands of ball players um, from all different walks of life. So I think for me, just learning how to get through to those kids individually and learning those kids and figuring out when to be tough, when not to be tough, um, when to be a bit more encouraging, when to, learn how to read their body language, uh, reading their body language is so it can let me know if I can do a little bit more here or if I should pump the brakes a little bit. So for me, I think meeting them at where they are right now and learning how to adapt to that, um, their circumstance is, is important. I hope that answers your question.
0: No, no, it does. It does. It does for sure. Um, and then, um, one of these last few questions, um, I know you're, you're, you're definitely like a, a forward, a forward progressive person. You're not, you don't, you don't really look back. Um, but if you could talk to a, if you got a chance to have a conversation with a younger version of yourself, which version would you talk to? And like, what would you say?
1: Um, man, that's a great question. Was this on one of the questions you sent me?
0: Oh uh, no, I'm kind
1: of, <laughs> I... <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I didn't read them because I, I wanted to be authentic. I didn't, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Rehearse. Uh, I didn't read them on purpose so that I can just have a genuine conversation. Oh, yeah. No, those uh, questions are just guidelines for me. I don't always read all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but when I speak to an, uh, a, a younger version of myself, man, I don't even think I would speak to, to my older, my younger self, man. Mm-hmm. Um. When I was twelve, I found out that a gentleman named Rodney Hunter was not my father. I found out that someone else was my father, um, and I, I went through a period in my life where I just buried myself in basketball. I, I, I don't know, bro. Like I, that's a tough question because I, I don't, I don't think about the the past mm-hmm. like that, bro. Like, what would I, I? I can't change anything. If I if I go back and talk to my old self, then it wouldn't be like how it is now.
0: No 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 this is this is a this is like you're talking to yourself and it doesn't affect anything. don't affect anything? No. Nope. Uh, I'm into the sci-fi stuff. So like, you know, I'm I'm a, I've subscribed to the whole like I, I I I like Doctor Who. And in Doctor Who, he's like he's like, "Nope, everything's a everything's a circle." Um I I don't want to get
1: too deep, but I found out how 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 I was conceived uh when I was 30. Um, I'm 35 now. Um, I think I would have, I think I would have encouraged myself a little differently.
0: Okay. And then on the, the flip side, you get to, you get to talk to a, you get to talk to yourself in the future, but you get to only ask one question. What would you ask yourself in the future?
1: What well, what I asked myself in the future Mm-hmm. I'd tell myself something in the future.
0: Okay. What would you do?
1: Keep pushing forward so I always have somebody to chase. There we go. <laughs> so I ain't here to ask you no questions. You keep going. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because, you know, five years from now, that's that's my hero. There you go. Then when I get there mm-hmm. five years from there, that's my new hero. God is always my hero. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking earthly terms here. Five years from now. So I'm never going to catch that. I'm always going to be pushing forward. I'm always going to be trying to be that better father to be that because, you know, I, I'm learning that, you know, I didn't have a father figure around either. So I'm learn I'm learning that, um, five years from now, I'm, I'm just trying to be better.
0: Okay. And then for the, uh, for the youth out there that like, you know, don't have the benefit of getting to, uh, work, work, uh, work, um, with you what is the biggest advice you'd give to um, younger uh, athletes honestly just younger kids in general that may get to hear this what is the what is the biggest advice you give to them you owe you your coach don't owe you nothing your, your the school
1: you want to go to don't owe you nothing your mom don't owe you nothing your dad don't owe you nothing your friends don't owe you nothing you owe you if you want it you got to go get it can't keep, oh, my coach didn't play me. Well, how much work did you put in in the offseason? Oh, my teacher gave me a D. Well, how much studying did you do? Oh, my friends, did, well, what did you do? You owe you. Stop making excuses for other people, uh, about other people. Stop making excuses for yourself. Quit lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Quit telling yourself that you earned something that you didn't work for. Quit telling yourself that you deserve something that you didn't grind for. You owe you. That's what I would tell you. That's what I would tell me. I respect that.
0: I respect that a lot. Um, and then, uh, you know, I know you. You've got um, five five companies that you that you are are in charge of. Um, if you've got any uh, projects or any things you got coming on, and if there's any social media that people can find you on, uh, go ahead and let the people know. Uh, during this time, I always like to let people uh, kind of like uh, promote themselves as well. Um, B,
1: it's an old shirt, but B like boy, the number two E like Edward, b2esports.com. That's, you know, follow me on Facebook trainer, Rodney Hunter, um, or Instagram, b2esports. I also have a podcast now that I'm just going to do very limited time, uh, Relentless with Rodney. I actually got that tattooed on me a long time ago. Uh, Relentless. Relentless with Rodney, R-E-L-E-N-T-L-E-S-S, Relentless with Rodney. I'm on Facebook with that. Um, I may get to some other places. I don't know, man. But more importantly than anything, scratch me. I want you to be the best version of you, whether you follow me or not. That That's totally up to you. But be the best version of you, and you owe you. Uh, nobody else does.
0: I love that. I love that. I we change that. streams. They don't chase us. <laughs> yep. There we go. You know what? That's going to be the title of this episode. We chase dreams. They don't chase us. That's going to be that. Yeah. I make sure you do the quotes and that, that's my, my exactly. (laughs) Don't worry.
1: Don't worry. We don't give you credit.
0: Oh man. That's, that's, that's fire. I, in fact, uh, I am writing that in my episode notes. Um, Yo, so many people are about to... You're about to get a plug for in, like, the next few episodes of these when I say it. I like we chase dreams, they don't chase us. Or, as the great Rodney Hunter said, we chase dreams, they don't chase us. I'm, I kid you not. Hey, um... Rodney, this has been... This has been so much fun. This has been a great, a great episode. I, I've had the most fun time. Um... Everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Uh, please go support the other podcasts on the network. So the Sucio Boys podcast, go Sports, High, uh, Rod Banks, Four Corners of Commentary, Shogun Soccer Sit Down, uh, the Draylax podcast. I'm Dre. I'm getting about the way. Remember, it takes three seconds to be a good person. Life is short. Don't fill up on bread.